What are we waiting for, Reds? Why are we playing games with this roster? The path forward is clear, but the Reds aren't seeing it. So I'm going to show them on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and it's just you and me today because we are talking Reds. I'm a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan, and I've turned an addiction into this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or if you're uh, checking us out on YouTube, drop a thought in our comments section. I love talking Reds, and it's what I do, and I want to talk Reds with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Every dayers, uh, if, if you are an everydayer, hit us up in the comments section and let us know, or you can tweet us at Lockdown Reds and let us know that you're an everydayer and how long you've been a Reds fan and tell us a little bit about your Reds fan experience. Because uh, here recently, it seems pretty clear to a lot of the fans which way the Reds should go. I feel like we all have a very similar philosophy. I'm going to lay it out as to what the Reds should do as we see them do another weird roster thing that lets us uh, gives us some worry. It really makes us worry about what the path forward looks like. Also, I want to get into how the Reds lost to Justin Verlander and why they lost that game in the first inning. And also some thoughts on the lineup and some discouraging numbers when it comes to that. Before we get into all that, though, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So I'm starting off today's podcast by asking this question. What are the Reds waiting for? We are seeing quite a bit of the same things that we saw for the last couple of months of the season last year. It kind of feels like this team has trouble scoring runs, doesn't have great consistency from the starting pitching, and is asking way too much of their bullpen. Sound familiar? It's been a theme all year, and it's not something that's changing anytime soon. And when you look at some different guys that are in AAA or some guys who are part of the future or at least should be part of the future of this team, they're not here yet. And we're constantly doing this whole rigmarole with guys who are just sort of get them from A to B type players. In fact, Thursday's probable starter is another piece of evidence for fans like myself who are worried about the team's commitment to their own plan. What is that plan? The plan was very clear. It was laid out to us at Reds Fest. It was laid out to us to be like, look, we've got these young guys. Sure, some of them are a few years away, but we've got some guys that are ready to come up very, very soon and Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion Strand and Matt McClain and Brandon Williamson and Levi Stout. And, and who knows, some other guys can play their way into it like Andrew Abbott has. But it kind of seems like they're still trying to build this roster with mostly retread players and, 
and guys who aren't going to be here and just, you know, we're going to be good eventually. So, you know, these guys will just get us there and they won't cost us that much money. Right. That's what this feels like. It's a bullpen day on Thursday, which is ironic because I kind of feel like a lot of the games here recently have been bullpen days. Derek law is your scheduled starter in the series finale against the Mets and Kodai Senga. If you look at Derek Law this season, his longest outing is one of his most recent ones. In fact, on Saturday, he pitched two and a third innings against the White Sox. He kept the scoreboard clean, and he only allowed one base runner. It was via walk, and he had one strikeout. So that's pretty nice. But we are literally saying before the game starts, we're going to put more innings on this bullpen. Guess what? When, when you look at this, we, we talked about this a lot. It feels like the bullpen's pitching a lot of games. Got a number for you. The starters for the Reds this season have pitched 167 and two-thirds innings so far. The bullpen has pitched 137 and two-thirds innings so far. A 30-inning disparity. That is not acceptable, and that is not sustainable. Sure, the bullpen has been better. In fact, for those who like to go on ERA, let's start there. Starters have a 6.39 ERA. Now, there's been some bad starters in there. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And the bullpen ERA is 3.79. The bullpen is a large reason why the Reds are doing as well as they are right now, which plenty of people are saying they're not doing very well. Jeff, what are you talking about? But for the wins that they have, a lot of that has come from the bullpen. And here we are on Thursday saying, you know what? We're just going to have a bullpen day. We're not even going to call up Andrew Abbott. We're not going to call up Brandon Williamson. We're not going to call up Levi Stout because there's no reason for us to start their clocks. There's no reason for us to put them in a tough situation against the Mets because I'm sure this will do nothing for their growth overall as a player. Really? Is that what we're talking about here? Because it feels like the management of these prospects, the management of these players who are part of the future of this team is being handled with very tenuous care. And the tenuousness comes from the fact that I feel like Nick Crawl and I feel like the front office don't want to see these guys come up here and fail because if they come up here and fail, it's not good on them. And, and, but I don't understand the converse of it because without the, without these prospects, the Reds are still bad and they're doing, they're doing bad with guys who aren't learning like guys who aren't growing. We're talking about guys that have failed in multiple teams before coming here and failing. Guess what they did and guess what they're doing now. It's kind of the same thing. There's guys in AAA who are ready. And yeah, I know that you can look at the statistics for Brandon Williamson and Levi Stout in AAA and kind of, you know, raise an eyebrow a little bit at it and say, are they ready? I think they are. And I don't necessarily know what's to be gained by leaving them in AAA a little bit longer. Sure, you can say, well, contract stuff and things like that. But if the Reds are worried about contract stuff five, six years down the road now, they're not going to win now. And I know they're not trying to win now, but they're not going to win in 2024. Because now is the perfect time. There's no pressure this year. 
There's no window this year. Call them up and get them experience. And, and, uh, 13 of the 36 starts that the Reds have had this season have gone to Luis Sessa, Luke Weaver, and Connor Overton. And now we can throw Derek Law in for 14 of the 37. How many of those guys are going to be here whenever the Reds' window is alive? The playoff window, that is. <sighs> the answer is none of them, by the way. Uh, I, I just, I don't understand why they're playing games like this. And it's, it's things like this. It's starting Derek law on Thursday on a series finale in which it's a rubber match of a game. Who knows? You could call up Levi stout or Williamson or Abbott, and maybe they have a good game that we are, we are going to have a perfect comparison on Friday night when the Marlins, when, when the Reds go down to Miami to face the Marlins, the Marlins are starting 20 year old Erie Perez and sure Erie Perez is a very talented prospect, but so are the guys that I'm talking about that the Reds should bring them up now. Also, by the way, out of the pitching realm, looking at the position players, don't know if you heard about this. Ellie De La Cruz on Tuesday night hit three, not one, not two, but three balls over 116 miles an hour. That is what they call a barrel. The Reds don't get a lot of barrels. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But three hits over 116 miles an hour. In fact, everyone has said there's not one major league team that has done that yet this year. And Ellie De La Cruz did it by himself. And then Matt McClain, he's on a homer streak. And CES, he's smashing baseballs. All three of these guys have OPSs over 950 right now in AAA. And all three of these guys are toolsy and everybody knows it. So why are we languishing with the lineup that we currently have? I'm going to tell you exactly how bad that lineup is coming up here a little bit later on. It's just, I don't get it. The plan forward is clear. Call up the young guys. This season does not matter wins and losses wise. They have told us that Phil told us that in February. Nick crawl has told us that by his moves that he's made. This year's a get me to 2024. 2024 is when things start to matter. And if you can get your guys time in the major leagues now, don't know why you're waiting. You know, the Reds lost a game last night and they did it in the first inning. I'm going to tell you why coming up next. Before I tell you about that, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today. And that is game time. Game time is the best way to get some last-second tickets for the game. Now, some of you may be planned out and already have your tickets ready to go, but if you're like me and you all you know is that you want to go to the game on Tuesday, but you're not really trying to hustle and buy some early tickets or something like that, and, you, and you're looking up and, and say, okay, the Reds are at home against the Yankees coming up next weekend, and then they got four against the Cardinals after that. There's a lot of opportunities to go see the Reds at the ballpark coming up beginning next weekend after they take a little mini road trip. And the best way to get your last-second tickets is with Game Time. Game Time has the Game Time Guarantee. So if you find tickets in your section where you're sitting in the stadium for cheaper on a different ticketing app, Game Time is going to credit you 110% of that difference. I always tell people if they're looking for the best way to find tickets to Reds games, it's Game Time. Game Time is going to give you the best deal no matter where you want to sit. And it's the kind of app that is going to deliver the tickets safely and securely to your phone. 
Check it out today and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get $20 off your first purchase. So you're going to get the game time guarantee for the lowest price and $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account today and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today because they've got the last minute tickets. They've got the lowest price guaranteed. Coming up tomorrow, make sure you check us out every dayers because we will get the opposing perspective from Lockdown Mets host Ryan Finkelstein. And we're going to look ahead as well to a player making his major league debut. I talked about Yuri Perez. We're going to get the perspective from Lindsey Crosby from Lockdown MLB Prospects. He's going to give us uh, a scouting report on Yuri Perez ahead of the Reds matchup with him. Also, wanted to let you know, on Friday, we're going to have an extra... Uh, live episode that will be driven by you. Make sure you join us on the Lockdown Reds YouTube page and come armed with questions. And by the way, we mentioned today's game. The Reds and Mets get going at 12.35 p.m. Eastern time today. We got a business person special as a getaway game, a getaway day game for the Reds and Mets. And the Reds will face Kodai Senga, who boasts a sweeper and a fork ball to go along with a four-seamer and a cut fastball. Going to be interesting to see how the Reds respond to the Mets rookie. Senga was an amazing pitcher over in Japan, and he's had some ups and downs so far this season with the Mets. And you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, just search Reds. But last night, so we're in a rubber match today because last night the Reds lost 2-1 to one to the Mets, and they totally got Justin Verlander. I said this whenever I saw that he was going to be the starting pitcher. He was going to, you know, Max Scherzer was supposed to be game one. He got scratched after the Reds won that game. Justin Verlander was pitching on Tuesday. But the Reds had a golden opportunity. They had a golden chance to beat Justin Verlander, and they had it in the first inning. But a base running blunder absolutely erased that chance. And it was a very strange play to me. So the Reds had already scored one run in the bottom of the first inning. Jonathan India had a single. He made his way over to second or made his way over to third. And then Jake Fraley scored him on a double. A beautiful double for him that then put him at second base. He moved over to third on a wild pitch. Then Tyler Stevenson walks. So you got runners on first and third, and there's two outs. You have Nixon Zelta play. Yeah, he's cooled down a little bit, but he's still one of the Reds' hottest hitters. So, okay, let's see what he can do. Well, then the Reds put a steal on. And what happens is they're really trying to mess with rookie catcher Francisco Alvarez. And I think that it's a good idea. This team will beat anybody with its base running. But not today because Tyler Stevenson had a bad move because on this steal, so he's trying to steal second base, and as the catcher pops up and gets ready to throw, Jake Fraley faints like he's going to come in from third. So he grabs Alvarez's attention. At this point, Alvarez is facing Fraley. Tyler Stevenson has second base easy. For some reason, Tyler Stevenson stops in the middle of the base pass. He's probably three quarters of the way to second base and he just stops. And I don't know if he thinks that he's going to grab Alvarez's attention and give Fraley enough time to score while Stevenson doesn't get thrown out. But what happens? Jake Fraley doesn't even try. And Tyler Stevenson is easily thrown out at second base for the final out of the first inning, leaving Fraley stranded at third. It was a bonehead play 
by Tyler Stevenson, and it really erased the only shot they had. Justin Verlander is a guy that if you have a big inning on him, that is the inning that you're going to score. He's not going to let you score in any other inning on most days. There's a reason that he's a first ballot hall of famer. There's a reason that uh, he's over the age of 40 and he's got a two and a half ERA right now for the Mets. He's phenomenal. And so you're just not going to get multiple chances and the, and the lineup really kind of messed that up. And, and what stinks is the pitching kept the reds in the ball game. The pitching kept them ready to go. Hunter green was good. Now he could have been better. It wasn't an amazing day for him, but he was good. He didn't have a ton of swing and miss pitches, but he was able to get the Mets to hit at the defense, get the red or get the Reds out of the inning quick. Um, even though he did throw over a hundred pitches and had to be pulled in the sixth inning, he ended up pitching five and a third innings in this ball game. And the one thing that really kind of still baffles me is that he's not throwing his changeup. Statcast reports he only had two changeups thrown for the game. There, there's two things now that Hunter Green needs to work on. He's got his pitch count way up, and he's not. It's making him not as efficient of a starter as he could be, because he is a guy that could throw a quality start every time out. I fully believe that the quality start statistic really isn't necessarily that hard to achieve. Think about that. It's six innings and three runs. If you threw a quality start every time out, your ERA would be four and a half. It's not exactly Cy Young caliber. So yeah, Hunter Green could do that. But for some reason, he has these games where he doesn't necessarily have his strikeout stuff. So he tries to nibble as much as possible and it just raises his pitch count very quickly. And that's why he could not pitch six innings in this game, despite pitching pretty well. Four strikeouts for him on the day, a little bit lower than his typical, but still just I mean, solid performance by him. Then the bullpen comes in and does what the bullpen has done all year. Ian Jabot had a nice performance. He finished the sixth inning, pitched two-thirds there in the sixth inning, and then pitched all of the seventh, a clean one, two, three, seventh. Then Buck Farmer allowed a couple of base runners but kept the scoreboard clean in the eighth. And then in the ninth inning, Alex Young came in. He got one out. And then because of a weird error that, okay, and, and this was a weird thing too, the official scorer, there was a chance that there was a ground ball that was hit to Jonathan India chance for a double play. India doesn't have the best throw, but it's definitely within the range of Jose Barrero catching it and at least getting one out at second base. The official scorer puts the error on the throw instead of Jose Barrero, who clearly when you watch the replay, Barrero reaches for the ball, but as he's reaching for the ball, he looks like he's getting ready to throw to first base. Does the, you know, the, the oldest trick in the book of he tries to throw before he gets the catch. It's a very fundamental thing. And they put the air on India, whatever that I, I, I make no, it makes no sense to me, but at the same time, this chases Alex young from the game. They bring in Casey Legamina. His first pitch gets the double play that they should have had a pitch earlier. I digress on that one. It was a nice performance for the bullpen. The Reds pitching staff kept them in this game. I mean, they only allowed two runs. This is not something that the Reds do a whole lot of holding the opponent to only two runs. It's usually three or four, and you're hoping that the lineup gets four or five or six or something like that. But when this Reds pitching staff holds the opponent to two runs, you really kind of mark that up as a game that the Reds should win. The problem is, 
they face Justin Verlander. And when I look at the statistics for the Reds in this game, when I look at some different situations that they had later on after the first inning, I'm like, it's a Hall of Famer, man. Like, I'm not going to begrudge the Reds for struggling against Justin Verlander. There's a lot of hitters that can say that. There's a lot of guys who are going to be in Cooperstown who uh, hadn't hit quite well against Justin Verlander in his career. So, and, and, and I dare say that I'm not sure we're looking at any Hall of Famers currently in the Reds lineup. Maybe, maybe in the future. But as it stands right now, their career trajectories aren't necessarily encouraging me to think Hall of Famers in the Reds' current lineup. Um, obviously, Joey Votto's hurt, so Joey Votto notwithstanding. But when I, I just chalk that up, like the Reds had their chance in the first inning to beat Justin Verlander, but they helped Justin Verlander with a bad base running mistake. And when you help Justin Verlander, you get burned by Justin Verlander. All right. So earlier on talked about why the Reds should just call up the young guys and let's get this going. Because after I called the lineup for the Reds scrappy and the reason that the Reds were in the, in the games that they were in the first few weeks of the season, things have changed tell you how uh, just how bad they've changed coming up here in just a minute before i do that though i want to let you know about another one of our sponsors as today's episode is brought to you in part by so rare so rare is this awesome new fantasy baseball game you got to check it out it's so rare.com slash locked on and you'll be able to jump in for free to this revolutionary new game because it's all about trading cards and all that stuff it's it's players across all 30 MLB teams. You can get rookies, you can get stars. And when you first create your account, you get to pick your team. You kind of have a budget that you can pick your super. You can pick Shohei Otani and then load them up with some rookies that people don't know about or some, some sleeper players that, you know, aren't necessarily up in the upper echelon that costs a lot and, and fill out your budget, fill out your team so that you can win prizes because so rare is offering great prizes with their games. Whether you're talking about some rare cards that can help boost your lineup, or you can even get VIP experiences like meeting MLB players. That's so rare.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, so rare game weeks happen twice weekly. They span a three to four day cycle. And at the end of the game game weeks, if you are at or near the top of the leaderboard, you can win those prizes that I was talking about, even like getting MLB tickets and stuff. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to draft your team of free players, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. The Reds and Mets get going here at 1235. Depending on when you're listening to this, this might actually be past that. But the Reds are 11 and 9 at home this season. They've actually got some home cooking going. And I know it's been a big talking point that the seats aren't exactly full at Great American, but the Reds like them some home cooking. You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. Also, you can follow us on Twitter in between episodes. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. All right. <clears throat> Something that it was a talking point for me early on in the season was, hey, this, this lineup is scrappy, man. This lineup's going to keep this team in games. That was earlier. Now it ain't so much. Um, 
In fact, outside of Jonathan India and TJ Friedel, everyone else has played pretty poorly. I really kind of worry about where this lineup is going, and this is why I say they need an an influx of talent with Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and CES and, and, you know, maybe even you look at TJ Hopkins and some guys like that because this lineup's pretty good at getting on base. In fact, they're ranked in the middle of Major League Baseball right at number 15, but that's pretty much it. In fact, as we know, the problem is power. But here's how much, because we talk about power being the problem, but we don't necessarily have a quantification on that. Because, yeah, slugging-wise, this team, fifth worst in Major League Baseball. The team slugging percentage is 373. And just for reference here, league average slugging is 406. We know that they don't hit for a lot of home runs. In fact, I was looking this stat up with runners on base, the Reds have a grand total of nine home runs this season with runners on base. That's 18. So they have 27 home runs. 18 of their 27 home runs have been solo home runs. So when they get the power, there's just not anybody on base to enjoy the power. Then you look at this and you say, okay, so the slugging percentage tells part of the story. So what's going on with the bats? If you look at the peripherals, StatCast says that the average exit velocity for every Reds hitter is 86.8. And the reason that that's bad, not only is it the worst in Major League Baseball, but league average is 89 miles an hour. So you're talking about over two miles an hour less than league average. And what's even worse is the hard hit rate. Hard hit rate is something that we talk about a little bit here in tandem with average exit velocity because it's just it's a, a ball that is hit over 95 miles an hour. And the Reds are only doing that 31.5% of the time, while league average is 39.3. That's literally almost 10% less. I mean, it's, it's you know, technically it's 8% less, but that's almost 10% less than the league average team and their hard hit rate. The, the Reds basically just do damage with their base running. It's the first to thirds, the second to homes, the, the, the stretching singles into doubles and things like that. That's how they get their runs is through base running. And obviously you say, well, okay, well, you got to cross home plate by running the bases, obviously. But I'm talking about it's the extra stuff that they do. And it's not even necessarily stolen bases. They're not ranked very high in that, although they are in the top half of the league. But they're not like up there in the top 10 or top five or anything like that. It's 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 been dis. dis- trying to think of the word depressing is what it says to see this lack of power for this Reds team, especially when they've got in triple a like Ellie De La Cruz, his scouting report is he's got mad power. CES, his scouting report. He's got mad power. Let's get him up here. What are we waiting for? I know I said that earlier, on, but what are we waiting for? And, and, and here's the other thing too. And this was something that I found intriguing. And I love TJ Friedel. I love Captain Chaos and what he has been doing this season. And he's been very good. But he's doing it in a way that StatCast sees his stats coming down in the near future. In fact, StatCast says that he's getting lucky quite a bit. His average exit velocity is actually lower than the team's average exit velocity. So I said league average is 89. That's for players too, not just for teams. League average exit velocity is 89. 
TJ Friedel's is 85.2. He's just not hitting the ball very hard. His hard hit rate is 23.7%. And league average is 39.3. That's something that, and I know, you know, he's got the bunt singles in there here and there, and he's got some nice sacrifice bunts, and he's very good at putting the ball where, where hitters aren't. But that's kind of one of those talking points and kind of a little bit circumstantial. And defenses may start to figure out where to place their guys against TJ Friedel. And StatCast says that his expected batting average is 60 points lower than his current batting average. And what's worse, something that I've I found very interesting is that TJ Friedel is one of the best slugging players on a team that doesn't slug very much. According to StatCast, his expected slugging is almost 150 points lower. Yeah. We're talking about a dude that's getting lucky right now. And I hate to say that Captain Chaos is just a benefit of luck. And maybe this is something that can continue. Maybe he can be a high batting average on balls and play guy. But is he going to continue to hit at this rate? Because as of right now, he's this team's second best hitter. And if this team's second best hitter starts slumping, who's going to take his spot? Is it going to be Nixon Zell? Because he's already started to come down, come back down to earth a little bit. And Jonathan India can't do it by himself. He just can't. So I really hope that the Reds look at this and they say, look, we don't have power. We've got power in AAA. Let's just do it. Let's call these guys up. Let's start them up now. Let's start their careers. Let's get them rolling so that they, you know, they kind of take their lumps. They, they go through their slumps and they get their adjustment period in now so that next year when we want the window to open, they're ready to go. That's really what I'm talking about today. You know, before we get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. But that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks as always for making us your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to get the opposing perspective of this Mets series with Locked on Mets host Brian Finkelstein. Plus, we're going to look ahead at the Major League debut of a pitcher who's pitching against the Reds on Friday night in Miami. We're going to talk to Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MOB Prospects to learn more about Yuri Perez. Also on Friday, make sure that you join us on our Reds Locked On Reds YouTube page as we let you drive the ship with your questions and your comments. We look forward to talking to you Friday afternoon. That's at 3 p.m. on a Friday afternoon on the Locked On Reds YouTube page. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft analysis anywhere. They're going to help you with the waiver wire, help you with starts and sits and trades and all that great stuff. And, and Locked On Fantasy Baseball is just like Locked On Reds. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're free and available on all platforms. And as the Reds move through the season and hopefully get to a point where they do call up the young guys like they should, you can trust us to be locked on Reds every single day.